Blog Talk Radio. Dr. Leonard Richardson. I said, welcome back because we've been on a summer break for the last month. And here we are back again, kicking off the new season, the season of 2017 and 2018. Dr. Richardson is here and I'm here. I'm your host, Etienne. Dr. Richardson is over there. I'll say hi to him. Good morning, Dr. Richardson, or should I say good afternoon? Here we go again. (laughs) Good day, good day. Mm -hmm. Good morning, good afternoon, good day. Covers it both whether it's exactly. morning or afternoon. So yes. we say good day to all of our listening audience and welcome once again from our brief hiatus. So yes. I'm saying, yes, here we are. Very good, very good. For Doc, it was kind of weird, strange, not doing shows on Saturday. I felt like I was lost. But nevertheless, all that's in the past now, and here we are with a new season in front of us. And guess what? We're kicking it off with What's happening right now in the British Virgin Islands? I wonder what could that yeah. be. What do you think is happening right now in the British Virgin Islands, Doctor Richardson? Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> I I'm being facetious. I said I wonder what could be happening right now in the British Virgin Islands. That was oh my cue. goodness. That was a cue. <laughs> I the point. I know. I know. The point is, it is rather an open-ended, obtuse question, but yes. having it come forth as a cue, I would say to the persons, not only in the British Virgin Islands, but all persons who are, in fact, part of either the British Commonwealth, particularly, or the West Indies, particularly the Eastern Caribbean, and most specifically, what we refer to as not only the Eastern Caribbean, but we refer to as the Virgin Islands, not just the American Virgin Islands, but the British Virgin Islands and the surrounding area. For example, islands such as Tortola, Virgin Gorda, Anigada, Peter Island, Salt Island, and those areas. And particularly when we stop and we think about the persons who are natives of those places who are now in the Virgin Islands working, married, living, and whatever. So the point I'm trying to make is to all we say, This is a very important time period. Let us reflect for a moment on what we refer to as August Monday, which is the crowning part of the celebration. Many people think that August Monday is the day when you look at August, at the Monday in August. The truth of the matter is the celebration means the first Monday in August not August 1. August 1 could be a Sunday, it could be a Saturday, whatever, but it is the first Monday in the month of August. And this time it will be coming up this Monday, but, you know, we are already four and five days 
into August. That's not what we're celebrating. We're celebrating the upcoming Monday with the climaxing activities of mirth and merriment and enjoyment. We say that because 1867 is the seminal date of those things which occurred, particularly Queen Victoria, who was, of course, the reigning monarch during the time when she granted emancipation and, in some cases, independence to the subjects. And the words we use are subjects, as opposed to here in the United States Version, we talk about citizenship and non-citizenship. They have subjects. Now, the point is, when she granted that by declaration, everyone was not entitled to it. But yes. nevertheless, with the passage of time, it has been changed. So that many countries, now nations, islands, are now independent, and they are part of what is called a British Commonwealth. The difference is a possession differs from the Commonwealth in that if you are a possession, you're totally subject to whatever the mother or ruling country says or sends to you. When you are a member of the Commonwealth, you have equal rights in terms of political, economical, uh, judicial decisions so that you can declare war, if you must, on wow. the British Empire because uh-huh. you are part of the Commonwealth, such as Canada, such as Australia, such as islands in the Pacific, such as other places, so that, for example, India part of the British Commonwealth, even though it's an independent nation, because India was at one time subjugated to the British rule. Yes, of course. So when we look at that, we have to look at Queen Victoria as the one who is responsible. Now, I cite the date of 1867. Why? 1867 in American history is, of course, the Civil War date. But you know, no war starts on day one and ends on day two. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't, and they always carry over. But I want to go a bit beyond that. Who was Queen Victoria? Queen Victoria was, in fact, the daughter of Queen Consort Sophia, Hagia Sophia, of an African country. So that, in fact, when we look at it, George, who was her father, was, in fact, British, and he married Sophia, who was his consort. And so Queen Victoria emerges as Princess Victoria and emerges to the British throne shortly thereafter. Now, the reason I'm saying that is we have to understand that in the British, what we call right of passage, right of succession, even though you may be a female, you do not supersede a male, the male, by what we call the law of the right of primogeniture, firstborn. If wow. the male is firstborn, he succeeds. That is why, to bring it down to today's existence, Prince Charles is, in fact, the heir apparent to the British throne. He has a sister who's Anne. He has children. He has aunts, but they will never succeed, I'm sorry, never supersede him. Now, here comes the catch. He has a son. The question is, can the son supersede the father? The answer is no. In 
order for that to happen, Prince Charles would have to abdicate as his uncle did in order for his grandfather to succeed. It becomes a bit entangled, but if you follow it closely, it makes perfect sense. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying when we go back to such things as looking at what's happening and what has happened, remember, during the days of slavery, we are looking at an economy that was basically agrarian. And as soon as summer passed, and as soon as harvest time passed, which is really September, October, crop over is a term used, for example, in Barbados and Trinidad. Once the crop was harvested, people enjoyed themselves, rested, and engaged in mirth and merriment. So that Until in it's fact, time again. Wine. I'm sorry? Yeah. Until it's time again. They relax. Until, Until it's, it's time, time again, right. And the cycle began all over again. Yes. So... When we look at August Monday, it was a celebration, one, of the independence of the slaves from the landlord and from the great feudal system and also independence for persons. However, they were still politically bound to the crown. And I want to recommend three things for our listening audience, those who are interested. I want to point to three books that you should take note of. The author is J.A. Rogers. His first book, not necessarily in this order, that I'm referencing is Sex and Race, Volumes 1, 2, and 3. Wow. Live information. Yes. The other book is entitled the world's great men of color. And in this case, men can be used nowadays, contemporaneity, interchangeably, men for women as well. And the third one is entitled, Nature Knows No Color Line. And the reason that is so is, when you look at the background of Queen Victoria, you will see that Queen Victoria was an African. Her mother, Queen Sophia, from Africa, married the, married the king of England, and so she became princess. Now, here is an interesting thing. 1867 in America, Civil War. 1867 in British history, emancipation. However, the Danish, who are the cousins of the English, did not conclude the sale of the American, of the islands to the Americans. It was then known as the Danish West Indies. And that is why in German we would say the Danish West Indies, but in Danish Dansk we'd say Dansk Vesk Indies, which means Danish West Indies. We have to realize that when we stop and think about it, even though politically we're talking about two different countries, countries or three countries were looking at how things were done. The Danish were in fact absentee landlords, but the British were very much present and they dealt with their colonies, with their possessions, including people, land, customs, and culture. Mm. Let me back up a little bit, Doc. When we were talking about the celebration of the culture and history of, of the British Empire, 
I'm assuming that that includes the dysphoria in Canada, across the world, in England, across the United States, of West Indians who gathered together and said, let's celebrate. It isn't just here in the West Indies. Is that correct? That is correct. As a matter of fact, in England, they have a great yes. big celebration in a part yes. of England. You may have heard about, about it, and they celebrate from morning till night, almost partying. going to equivalent <laughs> partying, yes, of a juvet. But we must remember, the British, the British were tagged with a yes. title entitled Britannia Rule the Waves. So wherever uh-huh. the British Empire was, the laws were applicable in varying degrees, but yes. nevertheless applicable, yes. So in Canada, in Australia, in England, here yes. in the West Indies, in Africa, yes, there were. Anywhere there's a collection of West Indians, yes, okay. Now, the other thing I want to bring up to to, to, to your attention or to ask you about, uh, Queen Victoria, I often wonder why there was a fall name after her, but I think I can put two and two together and conclude that because she was African, is that why there's a fall in Africa named after her, Victoria Falls? Well, it, it, well, yes. There are two things about that. One, okay. prior to England going into Africa, the fall was there. Yes, it so, was. <laughs> yes, of course. It is, in fact, the beginning of the Nile River. Ah. A river comes from a fall. A fall is higher in elevation. The Nile is the only river in the world that flows from south to north. All other Yes. Listen carefully. From south to north because all other rivers in the world, think about it, they flow from north to south. To south the yeah. natural pole and geographic orientation. Mississippi exactly. is one. Missouri is another. And I could go oh, on yeah. and on. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, they go from north to south. Where are they getting the water? The water exactly. comes from a fall. You yeah. go to the United States and you go up into Canada and you get to that great Niagara Fall that yes, we know Niagara. so well. Okay, and we go on and we go on and we find that it goes from high to low. Now, let's look at this closely. The Nile River empties in Egypt. And what do we have that's lower than upper area? The upper area is the falls. Now, the great Zambezi River, for example, and all the other rivers, they go from north to south, but not the Nile. The Nile begins in the highlands of Central Africa, where we now have the name Queen Victoria's name applied to the Victoria Falls. And Uh that was done because when the persons went to Africa, namely the people after whom such places as, when you look at South Africa, who, which name comes to your mind? Not just yours, but the listening audience. Which name comes? Which name comes to mind? Mary McCuba, Mary McCaba, and then uh, not those are, those are performance. Cont- yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, You're talking about you South, um, Yes. Okay. Who was the person responsible for South Africa? And then the name is first. I'll give you the first name is Cecil. The last name is. Rhodes, Cecil Rhodes, 
No, no, but listen, these are Englishmen who went yes. into Africa yes. and carved out great pieces of territory for themselves and gave yeah. them that name. Or we look at such things as the Black Mombasa and Lady Smith, and we look at such things as you go to the great country where we have the most important element in the cell phone, which people have today, is something called cobalt. And what is cobalt? Cobalt. cobalt. Yeah. Yes. It's an Use element. electronics. Yeah. Exactly. In electronics. Yeah. And where does it come from? Africa. Yes, but where in Africa? Where specifically? I don't know. Okay, I haven't been there yet. That's I haven't been right. there yet. That's okay. Yes, you have, spiritually, but not perhaps physically. Okay, Because right. the great yeah. kingdom that we know of today, where you find that, the Dutch no. the Republic. Yes. Yes. Mm. Excuse me. Yes? Uh, where are you going? All right. Well, Doc you, is busy talking with his sister. I have a comment. For an invitation for our uh, listeners. Yeah, go, go let me, ahead. Let me go, go ahead, ahead and mention the, the phone-in number, 347-237-4374. Please, by all means, give us your comments or your questions. But I have a question for you. And let's go back to the mouth of the river. I've often uh-huh. said to myself, I wonder how the water gets from there and flows down the river when there's nothing to fill it up. So my question to the audience is this. If you have ever been to a mouth of any river, give us a call and explain it to us. Explain it to our audience. Again, our number is 347-237-4374. I'm inviting you to share with us, our audience, what it's like to be at the mouth of the river and how that plays a role in the river running southward as gravity takes it southward, but yet the mouth of the river never goes dry does it. I'd like to have your comments on that audience. Now, we leave that for someone to call in and see what they have to say. Very well. Okay. So, you were continuing with Africa and Cecil Rhodes and all the other people who went there and covered that piece of their property as if it was their own. Yes, because Cecil Rhodes then would name that part Rhodesia. Yes, exactly. In honor of himself. But there was no Rhodesia. There were exactly. all parts of that's right. And the point is, that's what they did. When they divided and conquered in their name, yeah. they made sure that their people were placed there. And that is yeah. why Brother Nelson Mandela in South Africa fought so hard because yeah. the Zulus, when you look at it in terms of a nation, many people like to call them tribes, but they're not. The nation of Zulu and Zululand and Botswana and those areas were powerful kingdoms. Yes, yes. Just as in North Africa and to West Africa, the kingdom that we find of Mansamusa and the kingdoms that we find in the northern part, extreme northern part and western part, where you now have Ghana and those other countries today, Liberia, they were part of a powerful empire headed by Mansi Musa. And so the kingdoms of Timbuktu mm-hmm. and the universities that were founded 
were founded there long before Europe had universities and great positions of learning. It all came from Africa. Question for so, you. Sure. Question. Wasn't Rhodes involved, or at least the, 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 the residual of what he started, wasn't that also involved with the Greek or Greek history or the Greek war? Which one of the Greek wars? They had several. I don't, well, that's for you, Doc. I don't know. <laughs> Interestingly my, enough, my history, Rhodes, my history is so uh, faulty, I have to bring it out to you. <laughs> uh, Cecil Rhodes, much like even here in the Caribbean, Walter Rodney was also very interesting and very interested in what was happening. But mm-hmm. the British, along with Walter Raleigh, you must keep these things clearly in mind. Yes. When Walter Raleigh sailed for Queen Elizabeth, that was a new kingdom because Queen Elizabeth actually was the daughter of King Henry the Eighth, uh-huh. And so as a result of that, they went around conquering people and putting this not unlike what had happened before in the name of the monarch. So I'm saying that when you ask about Cecil Rhodes and the Greeks, we have to ask ourselves, when we mention Greeks, are we talking about Greeks as we know them, or are we talking about the fair-skinned Achaeans? And I make this point because people may think, well, it's a moot point or it's a subtle point. Oh, no, or contraire. When we go back to looking at the wars that were fought with the Greeks and the Asians, remember the Persians and remember yes. Darius and Xerxes? Mm-hmm. They were from the Middle East. And then we come yes. make a quantum leap and we get to Rome and we look at the Romans. We look at Caesar and his Gaelic Wars. And he fought. That's right. He fought mm-hmm. with the Etruscans. He fought with the Goths, the Ostrogoths, and the Visigoths. Not he himself, but the whole business of yeah. the Roman Empire. Yeah, and him. then, yeah. that's right. And then on down to Africa when we look at the Punic Wars. And it was in the Third Punic War that the Roman Empire went down and destroyed a place where they sowed it with salt so that nothing grew there. This was in Africa. These same persons will become known later on as the Moors. And the Moors will come up and come through and get to what is known as the Straits of Gibraltar, which would be into the Mal Cantablican, which is the Cantablican Sea, and then we'd look at the Pillars of Hercules, and we'd find that from there they believe if you went beyond that, you fell off, you dropped off in the world. Yes. And it is not true, because here is going to come an Italian, and yeah. he is going to be able to convince Fernando and Isabella to sail yes. for España, and his name is going to be Cristobal Colon. Yes. This was a Christopher Columbus. Anyway, the point I'm making is that, so we see how these things work together. Yes. Well, tell you what, let's stop for a moment and go back to the British holidays in the British Virgin Islands. I have okay. a few here I want to throw, but let's talk about the carnival, because if we West Indians 
play our cards right. We could party every month of the year from January to December by hop, skipping, and jump from island to island to island. For example, as we know, Carnival either ends the year in, in December or starts the year because they overlap in St. Croix, or shall we say on the island of St. Croix. Their festival starts in December and ends the King's Day of the following year. Then comes, what is it, April, May, depending on the Lenten season, Carnival in St. Thomas, 4th of July and Emancipation Day combined on St. John, August, Monday on Tortola. I mean, these are all back-to-back party time. Correct. Correct. (laughs) All of them have juvenile, no matter what. We'll talk Mm -hmm. about that in a minute, how the French term got in there. And then, of course, there are other islands along the way, and they all do something. And then the the, the British up in the Bahamas, John Cano, is their version of Carnival. And I think there's at nighttime, is is it not? Correct. Correct, and they have bands okay. that are called Jean Canoe bands. Jean Canoe, yeah. yes, yes. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, the the event, the carnival, the festival that's in 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 place right now, is the British Virgin Islands Emancipation Festival. It runs from 28th of July until the 9th of August of this year. Now, Correct. what is it for? It's a celebration of the ancestors' freedom from colonialism and their cultural history. Now, I got this information from a website, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It says nothing about slavery days. It says nothing about slavery. It talks about colonialism and cultural history. Is that interesting or what? Well, it's intentional. I know. That's my point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your question You're... was, is it interesting? The, court, the answer is yes, but the question is for whom? Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Because during that time, the showcase, they mean the, the local folks showcase the culture and history of their people in grand style with extravagant extravagance of local and international music, pageants, food fair, juve, uh, par- uh, parades, gospel celebrations. Now, that's a little hook there, a little difference. And folklore presentation. Now, the word juvet, as I mentioned earlier, is a French word. Actually, it's two French words put together. Jour ove literally means the day opening, or as we would say in English, early morning light or dawn. And that's what people do. They get out before the sun comes up. In fact, the more ridiculous it could be dressed, scandally dressed, the more supposedly it seems to be enjoyable. Doc, any elaboration on Jouvet? Of course. Jouvet, of course. and many people who, who mispronounce the word say Jouvert, because yeah. the way you spell it, it's it French. looks like V-E-R-T would be vert, but it's, yes. of course it's French. So the linguistics Jouvet. will tell you the pronunciation is Jouvet, but yeah. it's supposed to uh, Jouvert, but Jouvet. Now, interestingly enough, the reason the persons would get up early in the morning, it was part of a festival of the celebration of the sunrise. So uh-huh. you got out and you praised the sun. Now, in Greek mythology, the sun god was Apollo, and Apollo drove his chariots across the sky to light up the day. And so you greeted him with scantily dressed things, and you go <laughs> back again to such things as looking at what happened to Easter Island 
looking at what happened to the places where you would find the worship of the sun. And in India, sun worshippers. In Ireland, where you have the great monoliths and where you have such things as what do you do? You don't worry about clothing because you came into this world with nothing and you're going to go out with nothing. But you got to exactly. be praised to God. And so you didn't want anything that's going to be distorting and uh, hiding anything. But let's take another look at it. And the other look at it is what happens during Juve? People get their instruments and they celebrate the rising of the sun to chase away the devil or the dragon. It was believed that the dragon would try to swallow up the sun. But Apollo was a Greek god of the sunrise, and also Apollo, who was a great warrior and poet, he held many titles. He would come across and light up the skies in the morning early to give the people hope for the new day, and so they celebrated that. And, you know, life begins with no clothing. Life begins without. It is only after that clothing is applied to suggest that something was wrong but in fact, nothing was wrong. That is the beginning. And so we find that to be quite interesting. Now, what we have as we get on, we find two other words that are going to come in to the vocabulary. The other two words are carnival and bacchanal. Bacchanal, yes, sir. I know that one, bacchanal. Yes. Uh-huh. From the Romans. Okay. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Bacchus was the Roman god of the wine. He's a party man. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course, Bacchus. And so you had partying. The party yes. person, the wine. Yes. Now, you know, we also say wine is a mocker. Strong drinks are raging. But Bacchus was a party god of the yes. Roman mythology. And then we had Saturnalia. Saturnalia comes from... Saturn, and Saturn was, again, Roman, and that was a big, big god who could destroy anything and everything. And so, subsequently, along with Mars, Saturn and Mars, they become the two people of war and destruction. And then, Carnival. Carne is the Latin word for flesh or meat. meat. Yes. That's right. And so when you have carnival, you have, again, ceremonial enjoyment of the meat. Now, let's put them all together. If, in fact, you are celebrating the meat and you are, in fact, looking at Jouvet and you are, in fact, looking at Saturnalia, wine, women, and song would lead to mirth and merriment <laughs> all in one, yes. all yes. caution abandoned. Yes. Let's go back a little bit to the sun god. Now, mm-hmm. I think I know the answer to this, but I want to throw it out and have you address it to the audience, please. Now, what role did the word sun god fit into our calendar as it changed over the years and over the centuries? You know, we had the um, Julian calendar, we've had the Christian calendar, we've had all kinds of calendars over the years. 
And we Gregorian didn't start off well. Gregorian, yes, exactly. And we didn't start off the week on a Sunday. We started off on perhaps a Monday or even a Saturday. But could you expand for us, please, for our audience, how this Sunday came into be into being day of the week? In fact, all of them have Greek mythology, I'm sure. Well, there are several things. One, depend upon whose mythology you are looking at at the point in time mm-hmm. of reference. You have the Greek mythology, you have the Roman mythology, you have the Eastern mythology, which would be oh, Babylonian. Yeah. And then you also have the African mythology. Wow. So when we combine all of these, we find ourselves in a kind of potpourri or hodgepodge of observations yeah. and celebrations. More importantly, the word Sunday meant the day of the sun. Of the sun Monday, yes. Monday meant the day, day of, the moon. of celebration of the moon. Yes. And Tuesday... Okay. And Wednesday, and I could go down the list. The point I'm making is each one, each one was given a certain day of observation exclusively for itself or its celebration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Consequently, when Christianity came around, we look at God created the heavens and the earth, and he rested on the seventh day. Now, depending upon where you want to do your counting, we come to okay. Sunday. And Sunday, which is the day of the sun, as we know, all life comes from the sun. And we refer to not only sun in terms of the solar sun, but son of God, son of man. And so, in fact, we look at these things. But the important thing is the celebration should never be vulgar. It should always be in honor and respect. So when yes. we count the days, if you start off with Sunday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're going to end up with Saturday, mean the Saturn seventh day. Yeah. Saturn, exactly. Day. Saturn seventh day. day. Yeah. That Saturn day. Yeah. And we find this to be true. But then as persons got to power and wanted to create things so that they were attempting to hold themselves in perpetuity, they decided to name things or change names in their own honor. And the same is true of the calendar. So, mm-hmm. for example, we have Julius Caesar. He wanted a piece of action. That's right. So, July. Then we mm-hmm. also have August. Augustus Caesar. Augustus, and yes. So, we have Augustus. Romans. Yes. Romans, yes. That's Roman mythology. And I could go on and uh, I'll come to them in a minute. Now, interestingly enough, by the time Christianity comes upon the scene, Pope Gregory will change things. So now we have the Gregorian calendar. And so mm-hmm. the count or the point of departure and the point of counting varies depending upon which one you want to follow. It is of note, however, to say that no matter where you go, the highest number is going to be nine. Ten is not a number. It's a double digit. And as a result of that, when you get to nine, you start over again. Over again. Follow. Yeah, yes. you've got to go back to one. Because nine, yes. after nine, you get to ten. That's one mm-hmm. and zero. Zero is not a number. Zero is a it's place. Just- Older, a mark exactly. holds the place. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, so we find that. But the interesting thing is, when it's all looked at, Pope Gregory decided that <clears throat> the way he would have, after he held his conference, and we had Byzantium, and we had, for example, what was happening in Africa, in the Middle East, all over. They were called Nicene, Sir Pope Gregory in, the Nice, in the Nicaea, when he held the conference. What came out of Nicene conference became law and order for the, for the known world. Uh, the interesting thing is, no country is going to rule the world, and certainly not in perpetuity. So as I said before, as we move forward, we find that times will have a different name, but with one intent, the person in charge wanting to make sure that he is remembered by all persons who come after. And so that's what we have there in terms of what's happening. But no one really stopped and looked at what was happening in Africa. And mm. if Africa is the mother of all lands and continents because it all came from there, Pangea, which means all lands, came from Africa, you can take a look and you can see that all the other continents broke off from Africa. Take a look, for example, and you see what's happening over in Saudi Arabia and what we call over by Cairo, how the land was splitting and separating. So we have the Persian Gulf. And if you look at India, you will see that India, there's a point where India comes, and what's at the bottom of that? Australia. So yes. India fits right into that gap. And the Punjab, are, as we know it, that's there. And all those things are there. You take a look at North America, you will see that where Florida extends down, the truth of the matter is the Caribbean is a continuation of Florida Keys, and we call it the archipelago of those mountain tops that are there that would join Florida. So that the Caribbean Sea, in fact, is part of the great Atlantic Ocean, except subdivision. But then when you look at what's happening further north, you get up to Canada, and you'll see that during the glacial period, that once the glaciers started melting and pushing down the great ravines that were formed, not only in North America, but also in Europe, you'll see that, in fact, these things are there to remind us that the Earth is constantly undergoing what we call revolution in the sense of changes, and it's called diastrophism, the rising and sinking of the Earth's surface. When one place rises, another place sinks. And yeah. so, in fact, when you get to the Gulf of Mexico, I want to come back to this so we could come home. The Gulf of Mexico would find that, in fact, that is something and some place that many people still do not understand. So it's the most pungent area of water, not the Dead Sea, but there because the things from what we call fermentation, such things as pesticides, such things that are used to increase yield and production, they end up in the Gulf of Mexico. And many people, large areas around Texas and Louisiana, they're pungent and toxic. 
But the point I'm going to make is that there comes a time when the waters will rise and cleanse themselves. And in so doing, everything in its way will go. And then from the air, you get the tornadoes. And then from the water further out, you get what would be called the funnels, which are known as water spouts, where it picks up water droplets from the ocean and carries it up to the clouds. And when you get to the other part of the world, our hurricanes here in the Western world would become typhoons over on that side of Africa and on that side of the world. Wow. And one thing comes to mind basically is how the eastern coast of South America looks like it fits right into the western coast of Africa. Once but of upon course, a time when it's split, yes. Yes, before you look at what's there now, if you conceive in your mind, if you're not looking at a map, you will see that the hub of Venezuela sticks out and you can see that if you look at Africa right there by Liberia and you come down, you will see that it all fits neatly into what's happening. And then you go down to South America, the extreme tip, what is known as Tierra del Fuego, the land of fire, fire. where the Falkland Islands here, you have nothing but snow and ice and also volcanoes at the same time. And the same thing is true of Greenland to the top, to the north. So what's happening in the south where you have Antarctica, you have that because South America extends down to Antarctica. And North America extends up to what we call the Arctic Circle. Or if you go a bit further out, you'll see that, in fact, you come to a place that will be known as the Bering Strait, which was once connected and still is subterraneanly to Europe. But let's come back home a bit closer. Let's take a look at what is happening to Atlantis. Atlantique, as we say in French, but the Atlantic Ocean is, in fact, the most turbulent ocean on the face of the Earth. And the question is why? And the answer is because there are always storms subterranean, surface, and atmospherically ongoing. As the Earth spins on its axis, the top part spins right to left. The bottom part, believe it or not, spins left to right. And that is why, as the axis tilts, we have summer in the north, winter in the south. As it tilts back, and the spinning continues, we find that when you get to the equator, the most turbulent part of the watery system is right there. And if you ever go on a ship, notice when the ship crosses the equator, you could actually feel the vibration, and you could sense the turbulence that's subterranean there. And that is one of the things that many people may not realize just recently, and by recently I mean within the past 10 years, they have done some things to the Panama Canal because the Panama Canal separates North America from South America through what is called the Isthmus. The interesting thing is that an artificial cut that was made, but if you go to Nicaragua, you will see it, in fact, that that's where people were able to sail boats up to a certain point 
and float them across the lakes to get to the other side of the ocean. Now, of course, with the cutting of the isthmus at the Panama Canal, you can go straight across. But before time, you had to go around the point and go around the point to the land of fire. And on Africa, you went around the Cape of Good Hope. But the interesting thing, yes, the interesting thing is when you get down there, strange things happen to your memory, to your compasses, to your orientation, and one begins to wonder. And the answer is one part of the world is spinning left to right and the other is spinning right to left. And only the equator gives that balance. And once you are on the equator itself, you're not quite sure where you are until you get a certain amount of degrees away from it. Wow. Doc, we're down to our last 15 minutes. So can we spend the last remaining time on the holidays, the national holidays in the British Virgin Islands? Sure. Okay, thank you. Well, as most most countries... Okay. As most countries do, the British Virgin Islands celebrate New Year's Day, the 1st of January. But they uh-huh. have Commonwealth Day, the 13th of March. Could you elaborate on that, please, Doc? Well, Commonwealth Day simply means the unification of all the lands that were flying under the British flag, the British Empire. Okay. And the term, Britannia rules the waves, and the sun never sets on the British Empire. The British wow. Empire spanned both the Atlantic, Pacific, Ocean, if you're going from left to right or right to left, the Indian Ocean, and also the Arctic. Excuse me one minute. Yes. Hi. <laughs> uh, well, as Doc is distracted momentarily, this is really an educational oh, session well. today, okay. a lot more than we anticipated. Uh, but Dr. Richardson is filled with knowledge, and if you want to get knowledge about not just our culture, but throughout the world. This is where you need to come. By all means, pass our phone number on to your friends or relatives, wherever you want to help get some education yeah, about the Western needs and culture. Our number again is 347-237-4374. Again, I'm waiting for someone to call in with information if you have been to a, a source of a river. By all means, call in. Let us know your experience there, how the source of the river works, how does the geography, geometry, all those things come into place. How does gravity play a role in, in the mud of the river? I've never seen it. It's always been a dream of mine to go to the mud of the river, particularly the Mississippi River when I was in Iowa, but didn't have a chance to go there. And then as Dr. Richardson was talking about the Okay, the Agra right. River. Right? The river goes nonstop and never goes dry. Well, I think Wait. once or twice it did yeah, go dry. About it. Nevertheless, it keeps on going and going and Wait going. So by all means, please, if you've been there, you've seen the Madra River, tell us oh. what is the phenomenon that keeps our water supply going and how come it doesn't okay. dry up. All right, we would love to hear from you and we want to Thank you in advance oh. for being with us today. Well, yes, we are oh. having a little technical issue. That's minor. That's minor. 
Yeah, like you're That's at home. Exciting. If you were at home, you'd be doing the same thing. The neighbors would come in, family Hello. members would Hello. go, and you would talk and interact with them. I was filling in for you, Doc, while you were while you were gone. Oh, praise was, the Lord! Thank I, you very much. I was just reminding them to call in with the Mount of the River challenge I put them to. Okay. Anyone okay. responded? Not yet. Not yet. No, no, no. That's why. Okay. I was, the thing about I'll, I'll give a little hint. The thing about the Nile is the delta. All rivers have a delta. A delta is a Greek letter D. It's yes. really a triangle. And so well, you look at what happens. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say the collection of sat. When the river turns, the, the sat, or not sat, but the, the soil silt, from the bottom silt. of the river. Okay. Silt, yes. Okay, it collects in, 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 the, cor- in the corner where the river turns, and then it builds up a land, a landmass. Of there. course. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Yes. That is true. And as a matter of fact, as the river comes down, every year it brings down what is called yeah. alluvial yeah. deposits, the wow. soil. Yes. And therefore, the soil is replenished, and therefore, that becomes a very rich area and becomes a peninsula, so to speak, mm. because it becomes the corner of great land wealth. Wow. Meaning it's rich. Yes. 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 It, yes. it is replenished every year. In other words, the, like crop rotation. You plant crops, and then after you've planted the crops, you harvest the crops, and you burn the field to get rid of the impurities. So that next time when you're ready and you start to do your planting, you will have your vegetation growing in solid, pure soil. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Going back to another holiday in the British Commonwealth. In the British Virgin Islands particularly, they have what is known as a, a sovereign birthday. What does that mean? It means the celebration of the ruling monarch of the, uh-huh. the birth. What yeah. that person, what that person People them. stands for, the date of the person's <laughs> birth, whether king or queen. Yes. Yes. All right. And then next uh-huh. in line, we have a Territory Day. It almost stands to reason that talking about the land that became owned by the how can I say this politely? The the colonies, the, co- the, the the colonies became the territory, and the territory became a day of celebration. Hence, Territory Day. Am I putting it correctly? Together correctly? Don't well, you? well, there is something to be said here. Okay. In yesteryears, all lands were owned by the monarch. People yes. did not really own any land. They worked the land but the lands were owned by the monarch. And in the feudal days, which is the 10th, 11th, 12th century, out of the Dark Ages and part of the Dark Ages into the Middle Ages, before we got to the Renaissance, all lands having been owned by the monarch, the monarch could come. You could have a beautiful tree or a beautiful whatever, whatever, and if the monarch came and saw it and liked it, that became the monarch's property. Wow. But laws had to be put in, yeah, laws had to be put into place to stop that so that the vassals were considered caretakers of the king or queen's property, not yours. And therefore, they had to bring some laws to change it. Now, for example, in the British Virgin Islands, there's an island called Salt Island. Salt Island, which is right next to Tortola, and they got a Virgin God and all that, and Norman Island. Salt Island produces the salt for the royal family. The salt is the salt that they get from the sea and the salt pond. 
It is not the salt that's artificially made and chemically made. So that sodium chloride, which is used, is naturally produced, but is a queen salt or a royal family salt. So that's the salt they use. They do not use, for familiarity, Morton's table salt, Red Cross <laughs> table salt. No way. Don't. No way. That's exactly mm. what happened. Too pure for that, yes, 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 yes. And you know, we well, had two salt ponds here in St. Thomas. Yeah, I heard that, yes. But it wasn't uh, commercially, but it was not, yeah, commercially processed. It was just too small, right? Well, there were, but then the thing is, as we became modernized, we abandoned yes. that. On the mm-hmm. island of Anguilla, they also have a salt pond, but they do okay. not use the salt anymore for consumption. Everyone prefers to go to the shaker, right, to get the rock salt. Yeah. You go in the pond, stand there in all that heat, and you, you have this, those things in August when the sun is blazing and yeah. where the salt begins to gather around your feet. And if you have yeah. hair in your it begins to form, and that so the whole thing becomes almost contra health wise. Oh, but nevertheless, I see. Nevertheless, the point is that's what they were doing, but now they don't do that anymore. anymore. They get yeah. salt from mines, just as they get okay. the coal from mines. Yeah. Go ahead. Our next holiday comes up would be on the 21st of October, St. Ursula's Day, and I'm sure that came about because Christopher Columbus, who thought he was discovering. The New World got lost and ended up <laughs> in the West Indies. I'm laughing because I saw a, a a a plaque one time, Native Americans, and it says, "Guess what? I found Christopher Columbus lost at sea." <laughs> and he was. Oh, he that's interesting. Literally was lost at sea. He bumped into the West Indies by accident. In fact, it was the natives, the Tahino, who came and rescued him. And look what he did to them. He turned right around and. Raped the land and the people and everything else. We never left well, St. Ursula's Day. Let's go back to St. Well, Ursula's Day. Which one? Which day? St. Ursula's Day, the 21st of October. Ursula, yeah. Well, we have to remember two things. One, as I said before, Columbus was sailing for the United Kingdom of Castile and Leon under okay. Isabella and Ferdinand. Ferdinand. Columbus was an Italian. Yes, and sailed, uh huh, because they outfitted his ships for him, Nina Pinta Santa Maria, and that's he was told, mm-hmm. that's right. He was told that yes, he can sail. There were two parts of it. He can sail under the Spanish flag, and anything that he found would belong to Spain, yes. including. The other Human part beings. meaning the natives, yes. whoever were there, to claim yes. them for the kingdom of God. And oh. therefore, proselytizing and converting persons to Christianity became one of his main thrusts. However, a lot of wrong was done. A lot of yes. exploitation was done. And even oh, yes. his son, Bartholomew Columbus, who, it is said, is buried in Haiti, people say Haiti, uh, in La Repubblica Mexicana, uh, really on the island of Hispaniola, we would find that, that, in fact, this is part of the problem because that whole area of what we call the Caribbean, all the lands were claimed under the guise 
of Christianity of conversion for St. Ursula mm-hmm. and 7,000 virgins. virgins. Now, nobody yeah. counted them, and nobody went up in drones and in dirigibles <laughs> to see how many islands and keys yeah, there are. Yeah. So he said 11, I know, 11,000. And so as yeah. a result of that, if you notice, some were divided into male names and some were divided in terms of female names. Yeah. Saint Ursula and her 11,000 virgins, from which we get the Virgin Islands, Yes. whether they were British, Danish, or now American. But here's the catch. You look at the island of St. John, and St. John was not a virgin. No. You look at Thomas, and St. Thomas was not a virgin. They were disciples, but they were not virgins. Oh, he's not saying no virgins. <laughs> well, the, the interesting thing is when you look at it, you have to yes. ask yourself what exactly was the intent. Yes, and then exactly. you look at Puerto Rico, for example, and Puerto Rico means rich port. No rich virgin port. is attached there, male or female. And yeah. then you get to places like Anigada, and we look at Virgin Gorda, which means the fat virgin. Yeah. And we Gorda. look at Norman, yes, Gorda means fat, of course. Fat. And we look at the other places and all the keys that were there. And even Luwango Key on St. John, which means love and go. You went there, you made love, and you left uh, from the <laughs> natives who were there. Yes, and nobody could claim that you are the father or whatever, whatever. <laughs> so love and go. Luwango. Luwango. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and so we find these things happening. But under the guise of Christianity, lots of atrocities were committed. Yes. Lots of things were so. done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, dog, don't go any further with that because coming up in October when we celebrate, and I say okay. that loosely, celebrate Columbus Day, we will mm-hmm. expose all the atrocities, atrocities, atrocities. Excellent. I like that very much. Yes, that we will, that came upon the people of Ireland who were, yeah. yes, who were willing to, yes, exactly, who were willing to give of themselves to help. And right. The, well, we'll talk more about that. We're down to our last minute, Doc. Close, closing thought. I want to welcome you back. Once again, thank you very much. Once again, it is such a pleasure to be back with our people, with oh, you yes. and all our listening audience. It is so welcoming and reassuring. And the other thing is we look forward to next Saturday because yes. we'll be doing some interesting things. And one of the things I am going to be doing with your permission, is a look at our governors from last appointed to first elected and even some before. Wow, that's interesting. Classroom history on the air. That's it? Oh, yes, exactly. University on the air, sort of, so to speak. Classroom history. High school students, college students, listen up. Come on back. Of course. Yes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Doc, thank you very much. We're down to the last 30 seconds. I want to thank you for coming back and being with us again this Saturday and every Saturday. Always. This new, Always. This new season. Thank you very much, Doc. Glad to have You're you back. You're most welcome. Okay. Good, good hearing your voice and good for us to interact. Yes, it is. And Folks, we look forward to again. Val and the rest. Yes, thank you yes. very much. 
She'll be back okay. soon, yes. Yes, she's on traveling. So long, folks. Yes. See you next Saturday, same time, 12 noon. Take Bye-bye. My family, now that it's all turned.